Hi, welcome to the DIY Recording Equipment Podcast, Episode 9. I'm Peterson Goodwin, and today I am continuing the Explain Like I'm 5 podcast series. This is a series I began with the previous episode where I take a complex audio concept and I explain it as if I were talking to a five-year-old. So the rules are simple. I have to keep it under 15 minutes. I can't assume any electronics knowledge on your part. And I have to speak in jargon that a musician would understand. So no electronics jargon. And we keep it to the fundamentals here. I have to extend a sincere thanks to everyone who emailed me after the last podcast with ideas about uh, what to cover in future Explain Like I'm Five podcasts. And out of all the responses, the overwhelming... uh, overwhelmingly most urgent topic everyone wanted explained was impedance. So today we're going to get to the bottom of what is impedance, uh, how does it affect the sound of your audio, and what can go wrong if it's mismatched. So we're keeping it simple, we're talking about impedance, here we go. So a lot of people find the concept of impedance intimidating, I think, because they think it's an electronic concept, and they think, well, they don't understand electronics, so this is one of those things that is just kind of beyond their their realm of understanding. And that's not true. Actually, impedance is a physical concept that applies to a lot of things besides just electronics. So I'm going to begin by discussing impedance in a way I think everyone listening to this podcast will understand, and that's by talking about sound. And then we'll move over to electronics and apply uh, the understanding we've gotten from talking about sound. So impedance is actually a fundamental concept in acoustics, um, and aka sound, aka what we do people who are listening to this podcast. So let's take a really basic recording setup. We're recording a snare drum, and we've got our microphone, um, let's say it's 10 feet away. We're doing a, a room sound. Now, when somebody hits that snare drum, it creates vibrations in the drum, which then create vibrations in the air, which then, if the If the sound vibrations are powerful enough, we'll make it through the air and vibrate the diaphragm of our microphone. Okay, this is basic stuff. Now, if we put a baffle in between the snare drum and the microphone, what happens? We we lose some of that sound pressure level, so when it gets to the microphone, it's quieter and it's muffled. Now, what's at work here is impedance. There are various media that the sound vibrations are traveling through, the air and then the fiberglass or wood of the baffle. And fiberglass and wood have a higher impedance to sound waves than air. So if you put a baffle where there was previously just air, you, you lose a lot of intensity of sound. That is impedance. It's the degree to which a medium resists the propagation of sound waves. Now, I want you to note something really important about impedance from this example. Notice I said when you put a baffle between a source and the microphone, not only is the sound muted or attenuated, it's also muffled, meaning more bass frequencies get through that baffle than treble frequencies. And that's because, and this is one of the prime characteristics of impedance, it's not linear with regard to frequency. That is to say, Impedance is frequency-dependent. 
So, the media that make up that baffle, fiberglass and wood, have higher impedance, they present more impedance to higher frequencies than to lower frequencies. So, the mic on the other side of that baffle sees more low frequencies than high frequencies. Okay, now if you've understood everything up to this point, you get impedance. You grasp the fundamentals of impedance, whether it's electrical or mechanical or acoustic. So all you need to do to understand electrical impedance is substitute AC current or audio signal for sound waves. So the definition of electrical impedance is the degree to which something, a conductor, a wire, a component, or a whole circuit, impedes the flow of audio signal. Okay, great. So we have our definition, but I know that's not enough. That's just abstract. So let's soften this transition from acoustics to electronics a little bit by fleshing out this analogy between the acoustic system and the electrical system. So in acoustics, our more or less perfect medium for sound is air, right? Putting it into electronics, our perfect conductor uh, not actually perfect, but good enough, close enough, is copper. Copper wire, copper cables, uh, copper circuit board traces. In electronics, our source, which we were talking about a snare drum, but it could be a vocal or anything, our source is the output stage, the piece of gear that's sending a signal through a cable to the next device. Now, just like a snare drum needs to be hit hard enough, to provide enough power to get those sound waves through the air, uh, through the baffle even, to the microphone, an output device needs enough power to get the audio signal down the cable and to the input device. Now, our microphone, in the example, is like the input stage, the stage that's receiving the audio signal from something else. And just like a microphone diaphragm, doesn't want to start vibrating, it needs some power to push it there, every input device requires a certain amount of audio power to receive the signal properly. So what we've just talked about are input and output impedance. So output impedance, also known as source impedance, because it's the impedance of the source of our audio signal, tells us how much power can that source give us? How much power, you could think of it like, how much power can it put behind the audio signal to deliver it to the next stage? Input impedance tells us how much power does that input stage need to work correctly. Okay, that's big, I know. So I'm going to repeat that in a different way. Output impedance tells us the ability of a source to drive an audio signal into the next stage. Input impedance tells us how much power will that stage draw from the source. So what we're basically looking at with both of these is that every signal, every audio signal, needs a certain amount of power to get from one place to the other. And output impedance tells us how much power the output can give us, and input impedance tells us how much power we need. So, like we did with acoustics, let's look at some, some more concrete examples to make this click.
Let's look at a power amp and speakers. Speakers are where a lot of us encounter impedance for the first time because their rated input impedance is usually marked on the back. It's usually either 4 or 8 ohms. And, oh, by the way, did I mention that impedance is measured in ohms? It looks like an omega symbol. It's named after the guy, Ohm, who, uh, who figured all this stuff out for us. Okay, so let's look at our 4 and 8 ohm speakers. Our 8 ohm speakers have twice the impedance of the 4 ohms, so they're going to resist the input of audio signal twice as much, which is also to say they require only half as much power to do their job as the 4 ohm speakers. It's intuitive to think, oh, these speakers have a higher impedance, so the source, the power amp, has to work harder to give them the signal, when in fact the opposite is true. The power amp only needs to provide half of the power because the 8-ohm speakers will only draw half the power of the 4-ohm speakers. So now let's go back to our source, the power amp. Um, When we look at power amps, we're usually looking at like a 1 ohm uh, or less source impedance. So let's say we have two power amps. One is rated at 1 ohm output impedance, and one is rated at half an ohm. Our 0.5, our half ohm power amp, can give twice as much power as the 1 ohm power amp, which is also to say our half-ohm amp can put the same signal into a 4-ohm speaker as the 1-ohm power amp could into an 8-ohm speaker. Or you could think of it like, say they're both driving a 4-ohm speaker. The 1-ohm power amp is going to have to work twice as hard as the half-ohm power amp to provide the same power. So here's the kicker. Every piece of gear in your studio needs power. You know, we do usually think of power amps giving power and everything else just kind of transmitting the signal along the line. But the truth is, everything needs power, just a lot less of it. So whereas speakers are typically 4 or 8 ohms, microphone preamps are typically 1,000 to 3,000 ohms. Line inputs are typically 10,000 to 20,000 ohms. Guitar amp inputs can be up to 1 mega ohm or 1 million ohms. And every step up the ladder there, we need less and less power to properly drive those inputs. If you think about why that is, it makes sense. Each one of those things is interfacing with something that provides less power than the others. Let's go to the very top of our input impedance graph here. 1 mega ohm. This is like a a guitar amp input impedance. Why does it need to be so high? Well, it was designed to work with a passive guitar pickup. And since a passive guitar pickup isn't getting any external power, um, it's doing this kind of difficult task of turning the vibrations of strings into electric current, it doesn't have a whole lot of power to send down the line, which is exactly the same as saying it has a very high output impedance. 
Which brings us to the topic of impedance matching and mismatching. Uh, a lot of us hear about the dangers of mismatching impedance. For example, if you were to plug um, your Strat right into a mic preamp, uh-oh, there could be an impedance mismatch and bad things could happen. Um, so let's, let me quickly cover that before we hit our 15-minute uh, cutoff point. One thing to get out of the way Matching in impedance in audio does not mean achieving equal impedances for the output and input. Forget that. That's, that's just a misunderstanding. Um, matching impedances means making sure that input and output impedances are appropriate for each other, not that they're equal. Appropriate for each other nine times out of ten in audio means the output impedance should be as low as possible, and the input impedance should be as high as possible. Now, in reality, that's usually by a factor of 10. So microphones, for example, usually have an output impedance uh, anywhere between 100 and 200 ohms. Mic preamps have a, typically have an input impedance of 10 times that, 1,000 to 2,000 ohms. So that's the standard for audio. It's called bridging, not matching. But when we're talking about an impedance mismatch... What we're talking about, really, is when the output impedance of one device is too high so that it can't provide enough power to properly drive the input of the next device. So that's exactly what you're going to find if you try to plug a guitar directly into a mic preamp. You're not going to have enough power to properly drive the mic preamp, so things are going to start getting farty and distorted. Um, Your signal's not going to be delivered cleanly. And remember we said earlier, impedance is frequency dependent. So you can actually create a filter by the interaction of the output and input impedance. So if you plug a high impedance device into a low impedance input, you're essentially creating your own kind of tone control. Uh, So it could be an intentional or unintentional effect. So that concludes my quick overview of the basics of impedance. Um, I hope you found the acoustic analogy to be useful in, in grasping this concept, and I hope you can take some of this knowledge into the studio with you, because really understanding impedance can help you make a lot of quick uh, decisions in the studio. So, thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for future Explain Like I'm 5 podcasts. Uh, To be notified when they're up, you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for the newsletter on my website, or like us on Facebook. So, thanks so much for listening. I'm Peterson Goodwin, signing out. Have a good day.